one of the nation's largest and most operated haunted attractions. I mean, it feels like you're going through a set of a horror movie for good 45 minutes at least. And there's more than 200 performers around, you know, ghost zombies. What's a mummers? What are mummers? I know what a mummer is here, it's like a mum. What's a mummers parade? <laughs> that is such a good question. I totally get it. You know, hit up a few top-notch restaurants and beer gardens and, and you still gotta leave time for the tax-free shopping deals. This is episode 39 of the Travel Podcast. I'm Matthew from the Travel Podcast team and on this episode we're exploring Philadelphia with its walkable downtown, tax-free shopping, lively nightlife and rich history. This city has something for everyone. Plus our special guest shares her favourite place to get her pretty cheese steak on, must-dos whatever time of year you visit and what a mama is. I'm joined by Svetlana from Philadelphia Convention and Visitor Bureau. So welcome, Svetlana. Hello, Matthew. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. And before we start exploring the city of Philadelphia, could you just give us a quick intro of what you do and how long you've lived in Philadelphia? Oh, certainly. So hi, everyone. My name is Svetlana Izovskih. I'm the Vice President of Global Tourism at the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. And um, I've lived in Philadelphia over 18 years now. And I have been lucky to spend 12 of them promoting this beautiful city. So I'm excited to be here with you today and to give you a taste of what Philadelphia has to offer. And, it, and taste is something that I think a lot of people will know Philadelphia for. And we'll get on to food a little bit later. Um, but for, the, for those listeners who have not been to Philadelphia or may not know too much about it, can you give us an overview of the city, You know where it's located, best ways to get there and places to stay? Oh, definitely. Um, in my heart, Philadelphia is very special, but it's also the city where it all started. You know, the birthplace of the United States, the first world heritage city, you know, filled with national historical landmarks, including UNESCO World Heritage Site, Independence Hall. But also, it is a city with a really deep soul, you know, an inspiring art scene, world-class dining and shopping. And I think Philadelphia truly is a four-season destination. You know, all our attractions and museums remain open throughout the year, and each season really brings something special. You know, ever-changing art exhibits, events, seasonal menus, local restaurants, as you said, food is a, is a big deal in Philly. So really, no matter which time of year you visit, you'll find activities special to that season. And I think I'll make sure to give you some of my insider favorites before we wrap up today. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Um, in terms of location, uh, Philadelphia is really easy to get to. We're the second largest city on the East Coast and we're right in the center of it. So just about one hour, 20 minutes from New York City and two hours from Washington, D.C. So these are distances by train. But you can easily travel around by car or by bus because really the distances between the East Coast cities are quite short. So it's, it's very easy to combine. Um, and whether you're arriving to Philadelphia on a direct flight or traveling by train, as I just described from another U.S. destination, we're very accessible. If you're flying directly, uh, Philadelphia offers year-round nonstop service from Manchester, uh, London, Dublin, uh, while also offering nonstop flights from more than 130 cities uh, worldwide. And our airport, the Philadelphia International Airport, really offers a welcoming and, and hassle-free arrival experience. 
you know, we boast some of the quickest immigration processing times on the East Coast um, and pair that with a short 25 minute ride into Center City. I think Philadelphia really is the perfect East Coast gateway into the United States. Um, if you're landing in a nearby airport, you know, in another East Coast city, then Amtrak trains connect all East Coast cities with multiple departures throughout the day, uh, making it quite easy to make the journey over and you'll arrive into our 30th Street station. Amtrak trains, if, if you haven't uh, had a chance to experience them yet, um, they're, they're clean, they're outfitted with restrooms, you know, they have electric outlets, Wi-Fi, many also have cafe cars, it's very comfortable and very convenient. And for those who may be looking for low-cost options of getting around, uh, both Megabus and Boldbus offer um, express bus transfers all throughout the East Coast as well. And they also arrive to our 30th Street station right in Center City. Perfect. And, and when you are then in the city, as you mentioned there, just quickly for those listeners looking to just get some top tips of places to stay and what's the average sort of hotel rating? Do you have any cool little boutique hotels? Oh, totally. Um, in terms of where to stay in Philly, what's really remarkable is that uh, there are over 12,000 hotel rooms within the walkable downtown. And that's full range, you know, from two stars to five stars and across a variety of brands. So really, regardless of budget or brand preference, you know, our visitors can easily stay in a downtown location and be within easy walking distance from any attraction, experience, or restaurant. And that's one of the best ways to explore Philadelphia is just is just to be in its center. In terms of rates, we have very competitive rates compared to all of our East, East Coast neighbors. Uh, of course, um, rates could be seasonal. I would say probably Lower season when you get the best rates, and that's usually, you know, through the winter months, it gets a little chillier. But other than that, it's also a really great time to visit. And we'll talk about what to see when you're here for those for those activities, too. Yeah, definitely, we will be discovering a lot more as we go through the episode. And, you know, as you mentioned there, obviously, Philadelphia being located on the East Coast and so close to so many other major cities with New York, uh, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and a little bit further afield, Boston, but very connectable via Amtrak. So it could be like a multi-stop destination for all people looking to explore the West Coast. But what you know, you mentioned history, and obviously, there's the, be the first city. And what really makes Philadelphia unique, and what are the regional differences compared to those other major cities? No, you're sorry. Matthew, there's certainly a lineup of great American cities on the East Coast, um, but Philadelphia is a special one. You know, it just has this perfect blend of big city experience with the ease and sort of comfort of the small town. You know, it has these dynamic neighborhoods, rich, diverse history. And as you said, that is where the country was born. So it is that history that underlines the very fabric that helped build Philadelphia and this country. So it's really no place like that um, in the United States. And the city is also very open, very diverse, and just has this overwhelmingly welcoming spirit um, that I feel makes both visitors and locals just feel really at ease and at home. Um, along with our sort of super friendly demeanor, um, Philadelphia is often considered the greenest city in America, uh, with one of the largest urban park systems, including Fairmont Park. Um, and I know distance is a little hard to grasp over, over airwaves, but it stretches all the way from the downtown of Philadelphia to its countryside. It is literally the largest urban landscape park in the world. And the green spaces are both in the city and in the surrounding area, making Philadelphia a true urban oasis. 
Um, so that's another big aspect. And the last thing, which I absolutely must mention, is that Philadelphia offers tax-free shopping on clothing and shoes. So it doesn't matter how much or how little you spend, which brands you buy. Um, if you're shopping for clothing and shoes in Philly, you're not paying any taxes. And there's incredible shopping to find within the walkable downtown, you know, from high-end big brands to boutique-style shops. So I think the best part is that the price you see is the price you pay. So there's no need you know, in, in other tax-free shopping experiences, a lot of times you'll have to go to the airport to claim your savings. In Philly, hassle-free. You just um, just get your savings instantaneously. So insider tip number one, if you're coming to the United States and planning to shop, save your shopping time for Philly. <laughs> Definitely. And I think a lot of listeners' ears have perked up uh, hearing about your tax-free shopping on clothes and shoes. And I, I just like the sound of the dynamic neighborhoods and the rich history of the city. And you've mentioned a few times you know it's very walkable and what is the best way to explore the city is it by foot by bike you know how do how do you recommend getting around so i think the best way to explore philadelphia is really just walking around you know just like locals do you know i said i've lived in philadelphia for 18 years and i have to confess i still don't even have a driver's license you know because you really don't need a car to get around philly so um, i absolutely recommend exploring the many neighborhoods by foot it only takes about 45 minutes to walk the entire length of center city so from the historic district all the way to the fame museum mile along the benjamin franklin parkway so that also means that no matter which hotel you choose to stay in as i mentioned you're about 15 to 20 minute walk to any attraction or experience of your choice getting around is super easy um, another popular way to get around is cycling um, you actually uh, we're right on point on that it's it's great environmentally friendly way to get outside you know explore the city's public art, historical sites, skyline views, um, and just our large public parks. Um, and biking in Philadelphia is really easy. You know, many streets have designated bike lanes, so cyclists are safe, and it's also easy for them to get around town. Uh, I know you won't be traveling to Philadelphia with your own bike, <laughs> so you can most certainly use our public bike share program. It's called Indigo, and they have bike stations all throughout the city. Um, or you can rent a bike from a number of companies, and many of them also offer guided bike tours if a guided experience is, is more um, up your alley. Right, so it really is, as you mentioned earlier, a green city and, and locals really you know, buy into it by not having a driving license. In, Amer in America, that's a big thing. Not having a car and driving around is a big thing. But I think, uh, like you mentioned on the East Coast, the, the, the big cities, a lot of people may not um, may not need to drive around. But um, you mentioned the art scene and that is not something really I associated with Philadelphia until getting ready for this episode. And, uh, and you mentioned how, how great it is. And you also mentioned museums and historical sites. When the listeners are looking to visit the city, what museums and experiences uh, would you recommend and can they do? Oh, definitely. It's, it's interesting because art is huge in Philadelphia. Philadelphia has been actually called the world's largest outdoor art gallery. As you can see, outdoors is a big theme here. Um, and the streets are really filled with sculptures, very distinct architecture, mosaics, street art. Art, literally all around town as you walk our streets and parks. Um, one must see for outdoor art, in my opinion, is our Merle Arts Program. 
Originally, it started as an anti-graffiti initiative and has been really successful and has since grown to be an international leader, uh, given us over 4,000, at least three-story high and like the entire building long, these giant murals all throughout the city, also making us known as the mural capital of the world. Um, the, the part of this program is that it's also a larger campaign by the city to repurpose public spaces and create a positive dialogue in Philadelphia communities. So each mural is not just a beautiful work of art, but it also tells a very intimate story about Philadelphians themselves and, and their journeys. So it's, it's quite interesting to, to learn about them and to see them throughout the city. And each year, over 50 new pieces are commissioned. So even if you're returning to Philadelphia, you have the opportunity to see this growing collection of really the nation's largest public art program. Um, another big art destination is the Philadelphia Museum of Art. You know, not only is it the site of the famed Rocky Steps and home to the Rocky Statue, probably the most famous attraction after the Liberty Bell, <laughs> but it is an architectural marvel. It is the cultural pulse of the city. Um, it's one of the largest museums in the United States, and it holds over 2,000 years of paintings, sculpture, decorative art, you know, architectural settings from across the globe. Um, it's incredible. And I also want to mention that they're currently undertaking their core project. It's, it's a giant undertaking um, where they will be adding almost 2,000 square meters of new gallery space. Um, that's scheduled to be completed in, I think, mid-2021. So we're very excited for that. And then there's the Franklin Institute. Now, this museum holds the distinction of being the Pennsylvania's most visited museum and one of my top favorites. Um, this museum was actually an innovator in designing hands-on exhibits before interactive became a buzzword. Um, this museum, you know, as a child or as an adult, everything you learn, you learn through play, you know, exploring science and disciplines ranging from sports to space. Um, so whether it's like the inner workings of the human brain or the scientific aspects of sports or life science demonstrations, so I definitely recommend to set aside some time for these really hands-on discoveries. It really is a city that has something for everyone, especially as you mentioned there, the museums, the hands-on experience of families and children getting around and, and enjoying that. And I know some of that's something that I love uh, when I was growing up to go into London and go to Natural History Museum and places like that. So, uh, yeah, amazing destination there. But also just wanted to mention, as soon as you mentioned the Rocky Steps, the song did come into my head and hopefully a lot of <laughs> listeners had the same thing. It wasn't just me, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an iconic, um, iconic place to, to ha definitely have a photo. So I'm sure I can certainly understand why it's second behind the Liberty Bell. Um, although I think some of these other museums should be ahead of it, but hopefully after this, they will see a big increase as well. And after exploring the city, uh, hopefully either walking or cycling around, food is, you know, is going to be top of people's minds, whether it be during for lunch or looking for dinner. And it's, it's one of my favorite things to do whenever I explore a city is trying to go and eat like the locals. Um, are there lots of options to eat out? And are there any specific neighborhoods you would recommend for visiting for specifically for food? 
Yeah, hey, vacations are meant to be enjoyed, right? And food is at the center of that whole concept. And you will be pleased <laughs> because Philadelphia is filled with nationally recognized restaurants. You know, they're led by both award-winning chefs and our local culinary enthusiasts. So they're really something to excite every palate. Um, and it's very convenient. As I said, it's a very walkable downtown. And just within those blocks of the downtown, you have over 1,500 restaurants and cafes. Um, really making it affordable dining that's easy to find. And I mean, there's just so many options. And I know you want me to give you some pointers, so <laughs> I'll point you to some of my top favorites. Thank you so, very much. Yep, my pleasure. I will start with McGillan's Old Ale House. So McGillan's Old Ale House, they really are a destination. It is the oldest continuously operating tavern in Philadelphia, literally the oldest bar there is. And just also a cozy place to stop in for a beer and a bite. And it's right in the center city. Um, they're also a really good time. You know, during the holidays, for example, the place is decked out with like a thousand feet of garland, 3000 Christmas lights, a hundred red bows, 200 ornaments all throughout the bar. And of course, serving holiday inspired drinks to match the decor. I mean, it's a great place to check out in a family-run business. Um, another absolute must, I think, is Reading Terminal Market. In fact, that's America's original farmer's market, and it's also the locals' absolute favorite. You know, it has over 80 vendors who offer the best of Philadelphia's famous specialties, including Philly cheesesteaks. Um, and visitors can really indulge in a variety of international and local cuisines, you know, including Pennsylvania Dutch and the Amish specialties, and that's all under one roof. So then there's also countless shops with local produce and groceries, you know, souvenirs, Philadelphia-based cookbooks. I also think it's a great people watching, both for locals and for visitors. Um, for a sit-down meal, I'd send you to this restaurant called Park. So that's located in Philadelphia's very lively and sort of upmarket Rittenhouse Square neighborhood. Uh, Park is really known for its very lively and feel-good atmosphere. So whether you're looking for like a restaurant to visit as an excuse to get dressed up or just a cozy brunch uh, on, you know, Saturday afternoon, Really, their all-day menu will fit the bill. Um, it's located right at the edge of our beautiful Rittenhouse Square Park. Um, it has a very sort of Parisian atmosphere, and it's, it's just a really great time. And um, always with a twist with the seasonal fare and cocktails. So every time you come back, there's also something new you can taste. So cheers. That, that, that's a good one. Sounds great. Uh, you know, I like the seasonal fare and cocktails. Something is always changing. So as you mentioned, no matter when someone comes and visits, there'll be something different on the menu. And um, just going back into the Reading Terminal Market and uh, touching on the Philadelphia's famous specialties and especially the Philly cheesesteak. So, I mean, it is a beautiful thing to behold and, and to have. But for those listeners who may not know of uh, Philly cheesesteak, what makes it so special, uh, could you just explain what it is? Oh, definitely. The Philly cheesesteak is um, is a Philly staple sandwich. Um, and the, you can get it in other cities as well throughout the U.S., but really it never tastes as good as it does in Philadelphia. And there's obviously secrets to that that I cannot reveal <laughs> on the podcast. But once you come here, I'm sure some of our local shops will, will, will give you the 
um, the scoop. So basically what it is, it's a sandwich. Um, it's made from really thinly sliced pieces of beef steak. And then you get melted cheese on top of it. And you put all of that on this long hoggy roll. And I mean, it's long. It's like a foot long. <laughs> so you have to be ready to, to enjoy this, this really delicious uh, sort of treat. Um, my tradition is every time I come in from a, from a trip abroad, that's the first meal I have upon landing. Um, and why Philly is famous for it is because we're known to have been, it's, it, it was a city where it's, it was invented somewhere in the 30s. Um, I mean, this exact story obviously is debated, but um, one of the people that's sort of credited with the invention of the cheesesteak is our Philadelphian Pat Olivieri, uh, who still has a restaurant in Philadelphia called Pat, where you can get the famous Philly, original famous Philly cheesesteak. And the story goes something along the way that he used to have a hot dog stand in the Italian market area of the city. Um, and, you know, he had his own hot dogs for lunch. And over time, I think he got really bored of having just hot dogs. So one day he decided to do something different. So he saw there was some beef and he chopped it up real small with some onions. And he grilled that up and he threw that on a hot dog bun. He was about to enjoy it when a cab driver passed by, a friend. And he was like, what are you having there? Can I try some? So he was like, sure. And so he made him um, another one and the cab driver loved it. He was like, you have to keep making those. And so he did. And they become really popular and eventually he opened his own place. But there's a contestant to that story. Um, this, <laughs> this other gentleman uh, who now who opened uh, Gino Steaks, his name was Joey Vento. And his contention was that, well, the cheesesteak didn't really become a cheesesteak until you put cheese into it, which is what he credits himself with doing. So really the true cheesesteak was born when the cheese was added. And so you have these two rivalry, um, original Philly cheesesteak locations right across the street from each other. It's a very popular place for uh, for people to go and try both and see which one uh, makes uh, makes them happier about the story. Uh, but of course, that's more of a tourist experience. So Philadelphia locals all have their own favorite cheesesteak place all throughout the city. Um, so it, it'll be a very lively discussion if you ask one of us. <laughs> Which cheesesteak place is the best? And, and which is your favorite? So when you come back from your trips abroad, where do you go to get yours? <laughs> Good question. So I have sort of my, my two go-tos. If I am walking around the city and it's, it's kind of a dining experience, um, I always end up uh, in Old City where the historic district is. And there's this great family-run place called Campos. Uh, that's really simple, it's in, but it's also very friendly and they do a really good job with their cheesesteaks are, are on point. Um, if I'm at home, home and like I arrived at midnight and everything is closed, uh, then I have a great uh, go-to takeout place in, in my neighborhood. It's called The Fresh Works. And they they got that special Philadelphia cheesesteak secret amazingly. So. <laughs> so you've definitely left me on uh, on tenter hooks. So I'm going to have to come to Philadelphia and speak to some of these chefs to know what that special ingredient is so I can try and replicate it when I need that, uh, need it back here in the UK. So it's, uh, that's definitely going to be my number one thing to find out when, when I visit Philly is what is a special ingredient. And obviously there's lots to, to see and do in Philadelphia. We've mentioned quite a few already, but what would be some of your must-dos for listeners planning to do a trip? No, there's quite a few. 
you. Um, as I mentioned, Philadelphia is a perfect destination to visit year-round. So maybe I'll give you my favorite highlights sort of for each season. Uh, we'll, we'll do it that way. Cool. So in the winter, um, we've got the Mummers Parade. Uh, that's held on New Year's Day. Uh, about 15,000 Philly local charismatic mummers broken out into these competing groups that we call them brigades. They strut around our main street, which is Broad Street, celebrating New Year with thousands of residents and the guests celebrating with them all out on the streets. And this parade is, is a fascinating annual tradition, you know, brimming with dancers and marching units. And then at the culmination of the parade, their colorful and extravagant costumes and performances are then judged at this finale. We call it the fancy brigade finale, where a winner is picked, you know, every year and crowned and celebrated. I mean, it's really a sight to see. Just, just before you, you mention any of the other, what's a mummers? <laughs> what are mummers? I know what a mummer is here. It's like a mum. But what's a mummers parade? That is such a good question. I totally get it. Um, so mummers are really local Philadelphia residents who take on a role of these costume entertainers welcoming in the new year. But the mummery tradition itself um, actually originates all the way back in like ancient Egypt. Um, but making its way through countries and histories in Philadelphia, this tradition started in the late 17th century as unique to Philadelphia as Mardi Gras to New Orleans. Um, and the mummers really prepared their own incredibly, you know, these extravagant costumes, you know, the, these materials, the glitter, the sequins, the feathers. I mean, it, it gets really um, elaborate. And they also themselves come up with the dances and the music routines. Um, and each team or brigade, as I said, they tries to outdo the next. So it's, it's always an amped up experience every time um, because it's not just a parade after all, it's also a competition. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a really endearing tradition and the entire city participates. So really our New Year's is not just that uh, December 31st fireworks culmination. We keep on rolling into the next day, into January 1st, with this uh, really exciting parade and celebration on January 1st. It's a great city to be in for seeing out one year and seeing in another. So you have a great New Year's Eve and then you go and see the Mummers Parade and then get a real experience there that you won't find anywhere else. That's exactly right. So then moving into spring, um, if you come here during the spring months, you'll be lucky to see the largest indoor flower show in the world. And I think that's a big highlight for that season. That uh, flower show takes place in our Pennsylvania Convention Center and has acres of dazzling floral displays and gardens um, and a new theme each year. And I mean, these displays are not just pretty flower arrangements. They, for example, for the Passport to the World theme, build out in entire life-size blocks, city blocks, depicting various locations around the globe, uh, all made from flowers. So imagine it's, it's a Venice cityscape, life-size, all made of flowers, and you have that representing the entire world. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And the Every year you have a new theme, so if you keep coming back, you just keep having a really great and a different experience. Then you move into the summer, and I mean, we've got the big party for the United States birthday on 4th of July. Um, I mean, no better place to celebrate it other than the place where the country was born. Uh, and we celebrate in a big way. I mean, we've got a 
week worth of free and fabulous events and activities. And they all leading up to a giant concert on the Ben Franklin Parkway, an incredible fireworks finale over at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Uh, and it usually features big acts like Jennifer Hudson, Pitbull, The Roots. It's it's one of the main year's highlights. Um, then you go into the fall, and I have two favorites for the fall. So first is Outfest. Um, it's, it's in October. It's a celebration of the National Coming Out Day with the largest event of its kind in Philadelphia's neighborhood. Uh, it's a giant outdoor party with local bars and restaurants, you know, setting up outdoor activations, dance-offs, drag shows. It's super fun and welcoming Philly block party, fairly family friendly and really celebrating our diverse and vibrant communities. And my second favorite that season is Terror Behind the Walls. And that's an event that's held at the Eastern State Penitentiary. And I've got to give you a bit of a background because back in the day, Eastern State Penitentiary was one of the most famous and expensive prisons in the entire country. Actually, pretty much every prison in the world is, is based on Eastern State because it was the first prison to separate inmates into separate cells. It was the Pennsylvania system. And after that, I mean, this is, this is how we continue to replicate it. Um, and so it used to be one of the most famous prisons in, in the U.S. and actually the world. But now it stands in this sort of living ruin with these long, empty cell blocks and remnants of the past and has this sort of eerie atmosphere. And over the months of October, this entire Gothic, you know, castle-like structure in our Fairmont neighborhood, they converted into one of the nation's largest and most top-rated haunted attractions. I mean, it feels like you're going through a set of a horror movie for a good 45 minutes at least. And there's more than 200 performers around, you know, ghost zombies, you know, guaranteeing you a solid thrill. I, I mean, if a good scare is up your alley, it is super fun. I'm definitely there. Um, yeah, next, next October, I'm coming. Awesome. So another really great experience over the holiday times in Philadelphia is our Christmas Village. So it, it runs from November through January, and it's it's located in an iconic Philadelphia park, the Love Park. I'm sure many would be familiar with that image of the Love Sculpture with the Ben Franklin Parkway behind it. So that's exactly where many of our vendors set up this Christmas village. And um, it's a perfect destination for just you know, taking a, a stroll through Center City or coming there with your family or your significant other, uh, because the vendors are coming from really both local um areas but also all the way from germany you know it's a traditional really german christmas village so you have vendors coming from germany selling um all kinds of really intricate ornaments and uh sweets and then you have of course the glue wine and then um a lot of local artists and, and exhibitors so it's, it's just a really good feel good time um both to do some christmas shopping you know for some of some of your um upcoming family visits, but also get some souvenirs if you're here in town. And of course, just to spend a lovely, a lovely um, evening or afternoon with your family. In fact, there's a lot of holiday sort of locations to hit up when they're in Philadelphia. And we even have a holiday tour that takes place um, within the center city area that takes you to these of major uh, 
points of interest. So Christmas Village is, is on that tour. Um, visit to our Comcast Center that has um, the largest LCD screen in the world uh, that plays sort of Christmas-themed and holiday-themed um, uh, visual sort of displays. Um, it's, it's quite fascinating. Um, and then, of course, Macy's Center City, they do um, an incredible Christmas show um, over, over, that, over that time. And I don't know if you know this, but Philadelphia of Macy's is home to the largest um, still operating pipe organ in the world. Um, so it's, it's actually quite special to be there because not only you're getting these amazing tax-free shopping deals, but you also get to hear the sounds of the largest musical instrument in the world for free. I mean, where, where can you do that? So all of, all of that is kind of wrapped up in, in, in the Philadelphia um, holiday experience. And um, I think it's just a great time to visit. Plus, during the winter, as I said, hotel rates are quite friendly. So that's, that's another benefit. Obviously, a lot of people think of New York for Christmas shopping. This is another opportunity to go to an East Coast American city with so much going on, an amazing Christmas market, some amazing music playing, and uh, added bonus, tax-free shopping. Bonus. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And one of the reasons I know Philadelphia quite well from afar is the Philadelphia sports teams. So... I know you've got the American football, baseball, ice hockey, uh, basketball. You pretty much have every single major American sport, which goes on throughout the year. So for those um, that would really like to immerse themselves in some of the American sport culture, you know, is it quite easy to get tickets? Or is there also areas people can go and watch it just in the bars? I know, for instance, uh, on the weekend, especially when American football's on, Sundays and Saturdays are a big thing for college and professional NFL games. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Philadelphia is a big sports city. You know, as you mentioned, we're home to nine professional teams. You know, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, the Union, and their most passionate, devoted fans. Also, this uh, Philadelphia is known for it. Um, and seeing a game in the United States um, is, is a very spe a special experience. So definitely do it in Philadelphia. All of our stadiums are conveniently located in in um, the sports complex in South Philadelphia, which is just a quick tube ride from downtown. Um, and once you're there, you mean, you're just walking to the stadiums. So, and I just think there's just nothing like being in a huge American stadium alongside thousands of screaming fans. It's just this energy that's just unparalleled. Um, and the best part about watching pro sports in Philly is that because our stadium capacities um, and the number of games that we host, tickets are very accessible. You know, so you're not going to have to spend half of your trip's budgets on tickets or worry if you're going to get a spot. You know, seeing a game in Philadelphia is totally hassle-free. And if the stadium is you know, not your jam, then certainly there are plenty of bars all throughout the city uh, that do game watching nights, you know, with beer and wing specials and the whole thing. So they're just another easy way to sort of bask in this excitement of the American sports. We got it all in Philly. That you do. That you do. And um, just before we sort of start to, to wrap up, I just wanted to ask you, when you're not working, what are some of your favorite spots? Oh, it's just so hard to choose because there's just so much I love about Philly. Um, but trending at the top of my list are, I think, our beer culture and our outdoor beer gardens, which we have seasonally and all throughout the city. Um, one beer garden that I must mention is this first 
Street Harbor Park. And that's, it's located along um, our river waterfront, the Delaware River. And the park is seasonal um, and family friendly. You know, it has hammocks and games along the boardwalk, you know, foot trucks and huts that are run by our famous Philadelphia rest- restaurants and chefs. Um, there's also, of course, the, f- you know, it's a floating beer garden. It's very beautiful. They serve local craft beers and cocktails. Um, and it's really fun during the day, but is absolutely magical after sundown. You know, as the entire park gets lit up with these animated multicolored lights, like all above and around you, moving off and through the trees. I mean, it's an Instagram gold mine. So whenever I have friends visiting, family, or even um, my professional guests, and we're in the right season, this is where we always end up. Amazing. And one other question, what is like the best insider tip that you, you would give? You know, yeah, I think uh, my insider tip is many underestimate how much time they should spend in Philadelphia. You know, having hosted hundreds of guests in the city, both professionally and personally, I'd say you need at least three whole days to get a, a good feel for its history. You know, soak up some of this incredible arts, catch a game, you know, hit up a few top-notch restaurants and beer gardens, and, and you still got to leave time for the tax-free shopping deals. So <laughs> build in the time from the start, and that would be my recommendation because really the biggest complaint I get from our guests is that they didn't get to see it all. Um, but I always tell them, you know, not to worry because everybody is welcome back. And I really feel like the more you come back, um, the more you're going to fall in love with it. And three full days is a great entry, I suppose, for a city break in, in general. And um, one last question, I promise. Um, before we end the episode, obviously you mentioned three full days to get a good feel of the history and everything. What recommendations would you be if someone's looking to do a bit of a longer trip um, to, to twin it with? So you mentioned it's, a, it's so well connected with like New York and Washington, D.C., but you're also quite close to the coast. So would you recommend maybe people go to the coast? Well, absolutely. I mean, the combinations really are endless. You can do all the big cities of the East Coast, and it's really easy to combine. As I said, the distances are just a couple hours in between or even less. Um, you can also come out to the Philadelphia countryside. I mean, that's a whole different experience, and that's so much even so much closer. Just within a half-hour drive, you get this beautiful countryside of Philadelphia, famous for wineries and Longwood Gardens and also incredible shopping. Actually, the largest upscale shopping mall in the country is just half an hour outside of Philly, right in that area. So if you have an extra day or two, that's a a fantastic destination. And of course, as you said, the coast, that's another great combination. You know, Um, Philadelphia is very well positioned. We're just about an hour and a half to New York City, an hour and a half to the mountains, Poconos Mountains. So if you like hiking or kayaking or doing kind of active um, vacationing, that's an opportunity or half an hour and a half away from the coast. So you can go to the beach, you can go to Atlantic City. Um, So as I said, combinations are endless. We're in the middle of it all. So really, you can create a trip of your your lifetime, no no matter how you slice it. So as you mentioned, it really is a great gateway for those international travelers or even domestic travelers to come in and explore the east coast or again i would highly recommend going down to sort of avalon new jersey having a nice shopping spree in philly 
go to the beach and then come back and uh, grab a game and then fly home if you're coming from the UK. So there's so much to do. And uh, one thing I didn't realize was the wine in the countryside. So that'd be another uh, great going out and see some of the vineyards there. So I just want to say a, a massive, massive thank you for taking the time and sharing your recommendations and knowledge of Philadelphia. So thank you for joining me on the episode Fatlana. So thank you. Um, and um, before we end, for everyone that's listening, if you've enjoyed the episode, so do make sure you give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with your friends and family. And do make sure to check out this episode on the travelpodcast.com where you'll find links to many of the topics we have covered. Thank you for listening.